Hey, Business Building Warrior. Thanks for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I have a guest today and we turned on the video camera like we do quite frequently when we have guests. So if you're listening on your favorite listening app, just make a note. Some of our episodes appear on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube right now, I should let you know you're missing out on about 30% of our episodes because we don't always turn on the camera. So you need to go to silentgym.com and see what you've been missing on some of the other great interviews where the guest didn't want a camera or other circumstances didn't permit it. But today's guest is Mr. Joe Fogarty. He's from the UK. He's built an incredible five-figure business fairly quickly. He's seeing tremendous success with the proven Amazon core strategy, specifically the replens strategy, which I feel like we've perfected at this point because we've got so many students with so many incredible success stories popping up literally daily in our 70,000 member Facebook group. And this is just the latest example. He's using the same tools and techniques that anybody anywhere in the world can use to sell successfully on Amazon. In this case, he's selling only in the UK, which is tremendous. That's one of the bigger markets that Amazon offers. If you're in the US or Canada or the UK and want to sell just in those markets, or I would say Mexico is probably up there as well. You can make a good living selling just in those areas, but you don't have to live in one of those areas to sell successfully. Typically, when people live outside the United States, we suggest that they sell in the US because that's a huge market and you don't have to live here. Actually, we just launched a brand new course, internationalaz.com. That's international, the letter A, the letter Z, and then Amazon.com. It teaches you how to get set up and running from anywhere in the world using the strategies that we teach. And then you'll want the proven Amazon course as well to learn the replen system. And you can have a great business without seeing or touching your inventory. Actually, if you want to listen to someone who's doing just that, go back and listen to podcast episode 431. You'll hear someone, now she lives in the US, but she could live anywhere. She never sees or touches her inventory. That's how the model can be done from anywhere. But Back to today's program. You're going to enjoy hearing Joe's story. He hasn't been doing this very long, but he's jumped in. He's never done e-commerce before. He's learned what he needed to know and his business has ramped up and he's loving every aspect of it. So we have a good conversation about how he's going to ramp up this summer as he's now got some funds and some proof of concept. He had nearly a $20,000 month not too long ago. He discusses his margin and how he's investing his funds and and what his plans are. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation as we just kind of kick around his business, his growth, some tips for you, regardless of where you're at on your journey. Who he should hire next is an interesting segment that I think you'll enjoy as well. And finally, we do talk a little bit about uh, the Proofit product partnering opportunities that any of us can take advantage of. And that means simply setting up Amazon accounts for other people and helping them get set up selling their products on Amazon. You get a percent with all these skills you're learning. Why not? It's yet another way to monetize and diversify your Amazon income. We're all about multiple income streams here. So enjoy today's conversation with Mr. Joe Fogarty. So Joe, welcome to the program. Hi, Jim. Great to have you here, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm excited to get into your story, man. Let's let's go. Okay. So I started e-commerce sort of back in the beginnings of the COVID lockdown. Maybe for us in England, it was the second lockdown. I have a full-time job. I work for my dad. And um, a lot of what we do is in the leisure industry. So COVID really hits us quite hard. Um, a lot of the theme parks we work at had closed. And I was just looking for something to supplement my income more than anything, or just something to help myself out. And e-commerce has always interested me. 
Um, so I got to Googling and I quickly fell into the trap on YouTube of the private label gurus and got myself going on that. I dived straight in. Um, I got up to the point where I had ordered some samples from China. They had arrived and then I started crunching the numbers and realized quite quickly that they don't add up or <laughs> not as easily as you think they're going to. It sure. is definitely not as easy as they say it is on YouTube. So from there, I sort of went back to Googling and sort of found other opportunities and avenues. And then I came across this podcast first, actually. And it really interested me. You were talking about the replens model a lot. And it made a lot more sense to me, both in numbers and just business-wise, that this was the way to go and the way to move forwards. So I joined the Facebook group and was just amazed at the community I saw there. Then quickly joined up for the PAC as well. And um, so, about about when would this have been when you you started on this journey? You said it towards uh, the start. Of course, so we're talking twenty twenty at this point. Yes. So about June twenty twenty, I would say. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. About, so about here we are, June March. 2020. Just to give some people, give folks a timeline, March 2022, April actually now. Yeah, um, so, so yeah, yeah, please continue. About, you found our Facebook group and uh, we left a decent impression on you, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, big impression. It was just seemed so much more helpful. Again, I was basing everything against what I'd seen from the private label gurus and that sort of thing on YouTube. So to see a community that was so helpful and just sharing knowledge with each other and the answers, and there was never any sort of nobody was doing it to get something out of it for themselves, which was something that really appealed to me. It's very obvious that you're trying to be sold something when you're watching YouTube videos, et cetera. But especially within the group and the community on Facebook, there was never any of that. And that really appealed to me. It's just people were trying to help other people. We were all in the same boat and just let's all get through this together. And that I really liked that aspect of it. So well, that was... Let me, let me quiz you a little bit, Joe. And it, that's okay if you don't know the answer off the top of your head. I've been doing this a long time and, and we're very intentional about something you just said. But why do you think we do it that way? As far as, you know, there is something, for lack of a better word, almost self-serving in us having that approach of being very open-handed and, and helping. Why do you think that is? Have you heard us talk about that at all? Uh, I don't think I have. Take a stab at it if you don't. I'm just curious what your impression is because you're fairly new to the community still. And, and I always yes. like hearing those new perspectives. Uh, and again, um, to, to, to set the question up, Joe, for you and for the listeners, you know, you just contrasted some of the things you experienced in some of the other groups and the vibe you got from some other content out there. And you came into our group and everybody's rooting for your success. How does that benefit them to do so? It's kind of the question. Like, why would we do that? What's um, behind that? I think some of it for you guys might be marketing. I mean, I hear you say on the podcast a lot, you have hundreds and thousands of success stories. And so it's in your best interest. It's the best publicity you can get really to have hundreds and thousands of people backing you up and going, no, this really works. Like They helped us, we'll help you. Um, sure. And the community just grows. And that would explain why it's in my best interest or our team, maybe our coaching team and the, the people who are on staff, it would explain why it's in their best interest. but. I think you're seeing it from more than just us, correct? Yes. So yeah, it's not just why the, would the, my silent team. What is it that's inside of you that say a year from now, or why are you on this podcast? How does this benefit you? And I'm not putting you on the spot, Joe. I'm kind of asking the listeners to think through it as well. Like what kind of culture, how does it benefit us? And I've got a very specific answer to this. And I'm not trying to make you squirm at all. This isn't what we no, have. No, today, it, it's fine. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just trying to think the question, think it through. Sure. I mean, it, it's an interesting question to ponder, isn't it? 
Yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, you said, like, why am I on the podcast? And for me, I mean, it was a great opportunity when you gave it to me, but I feel like I've learned something from people that they've given to me through the Facebook group and through the podcast. And I feel like I'm now in a position where I can give some of that back. It's almost reciprocity. Great um, word. Yeah, that's that's an element of it for sure. Yeah. But what's, um, Go ahead. What's your answer to the question, Jim? Well, what? you know, success breeds success. So it's fairly easy for our community to do that as long as we're actually creating success stories and we're creating people like you who have a sense of gratitude about the success they've experienced. That's one big factor. The other big factor, though, for me, and I think it's rippled out well beyond our, our team and into the community is, uh, and this is, for example, one of the reasons why when you see a new person come into our group, Joe, and they're saying, what's FBA? I don't know what this is. And you know, you've got those of us who've been doing it for 12 years. We've answered that question literally thousands of times, and we're still willing and eager to do so. Why is that? It's because, here's the other factor, besides the reciprocity, which is a great word that you mentioned. The other factor, I think, is we know that if we can have more success stories like yours coming up, people succeeding in new and creative ways from different parts of the world, that expands the opportunity for all of us. Because I can't tell you the number of times that a guy like you, or you know, a single mom or someone you know, from anywhere in the world comes to us and they start to succeed. And then they bring a new creative strategy that all of us can benefit from. So it's almost like your success rises the tide for all of us. Yeah, that, may, that makes perfect sense. So it's not just this magnanimous, ah, I just want to be a giving person, although that's a lot of it. We have some really good people here. But a lot of it is, it's, it's a very self-serving thing almost to say, hey, if we can create success stories, we're going to get new strategies and new ideas and, and new insights, new leaders that can teach us things we never would have learned. So those two factors. Yeah, just thanks, yeah, thanks for going that, down that road with me a little bit. Those are the two reasons that we, that yeah, we really no drive problem. that home. Um, and makes a lot of sense. Like I've heard, I've heard you mention before how people you brought on, like um, Jimmy Smith, for example, with the replens course, you brought him on and then you learned what or found out what he was doing. And then you've turned it into, I guess, which is probably one of the biggest causes of the success stories on the yes. My Island theme page is the replens course. But yeah. yeah, you're completely right. That's something that's come out of you helping to grow success for other people. They've yeah. then been able to share it with you and it's spread even further. Yeah, and it influences my business model. Yes. I, I'm often asked, you know, when I do podcast interviews on other people's podcasts and I'm, or I'm interviewed, you know, and, or, or giving a presentation, someone might ask, so say, Jim, you've succeeded for 20 years in e-commerce, you know, give us some of your secret sauce. What's the recipe? What's your business model? And I say, care enough to help a few people succeed. And then once they start succeeding, put them in the spotlight. That's it. I've been doing that for 20 years and it served us very well. So yeah, thanks for spending time with me on that, on that yeah, uh, no problem. journey. Yeah, it's, it. it's a really interesting train of thought. It, it makes a lot of sense. It's yeah, you, you've nailed it word for word, actually. You can tell it's really been thought through and you know exactly, yeah, you know exactly what you're aiming for. It's an intentional um, process. Yes. We didn't stumble into it. Exactly. Right. I, I appreciate you helping me articulate too. Reciprocity is a word that doesn't come up enough around here and you've added it to my vocabulary today. So thank you. <laughs> No problem. No problem at all. all. Right. Well, let's keep your story going. So you found our group. You found all this reciprocity that, you, that surprised you. All right. What happened next? So yeah, I signed up for the pack course and went straight for the replens model. It was the one you'd spoken about most on the podcast at the time. And it still is to a certain extent. I went straight into it, dived in, did the course up to the end of sort of the zero to 10K 
part of the course and then just went straight for it. I'd spent a little bit of time searching around and, oh, I can't find these products, I can find these products. And a lot of um, sort of non-action, I was learning a lot, but I didn't act for a while. And then around November of 2020, I just thought, right, well, I've got to stop going, oh, maybe this product will work or maybe this ASIN's good and just go for it. I did. Uh, I had my first sale on the 4th of December. I won't forget that day. And um, it was a very classic replenish product, actually. It was a two-pack of two jars that I'd gone and bought from a supermarket, bundled them together myself. And then luckily, I mean, December 2020 was my first month for proper sales. I um, mean, it was a very good time to get into it, I think, being in the middle of Q4, especially with the lockdown going on as well. The sales just went crazy very quickly. Wait, what Exceeded. was that product? I'm curious. What kind of food you did, was it? It was a horseradish sauce. <laughs> How so, random is a, that? It was supermarket, own brand, um, supermarket over here called Waitrose. Two of them bundled in a pack, and it was uh, about 120% ROI or something like that. Yeah, I, I remember packing them up and saying to myself, there's no way someone's going to buy these. And I think they'd been on the shelf for about four hours before the first one sold. <laughs> and you were um, hooked. Proof yeah, that, of concept, right? Yeah, that, that first proof of concept, and I was hooked after that. Any, anything I could find, anything I could test. And just yeah, hit the ground running after that. So are you selling only predominantly, you're in the UK, correct? Yes. So staying close to home or are you in the US or in plans to, to do any of that? Uh, no, always on the um, Amazon UK marketplace. I don't have any plans to go anywhere else at the moment. You're still maximizing um, that opportunity. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm nowhere near reaching sort of a plateau where I'd need to branch out. I have... Um, because of Brexit, Amazon closed down what they call the European Fulfillment Network. Yes. They shut that down for a while while they were getting sort of tax issues and import issues sorted. But they have recently opened it back up. So it is on my list of sort of find a few people that have done it in the past, have a talk to them, see if it's worth me at least trying to branch out in that area. But I'm nowhere near capping out in the UK market for now. I think there's enough opportunity to keep me busy for a long time. Sure. So, so how does this fit into your life and your schedule now? Do you have some work with your dad back in the uh, entertainment industry, or yes? So, still full time back in, in the leisure industry. So, it's a, like an engineering job, leisure, um, it, leisure industry. Yeah. You said, yeah, Le- yeah, leisure, leisure. Yeah, yeah. So we um we do maintenance for a lot of um theme parks and stuff. We do like annual maintenance for the roller coasters, etc. Um, so it's wow. it's quite a seasonal job, which is yeah. nice, um, and which is actually fitting in very well with Amazon. I'm incredibly busy with my dad in the winter, but then come the summer, I have quite a lot of time to myself, and this sort of bridges that gap perfectly now. That's um, which fantastic. Is nice. So yeah, okay. I'm, I'm still back with him, and we're um, we're busy again. Everything's opened back up, which is nice. And um, evenings and weekends, or sort of a random day that I have at home, I just work on Amazon. So, so you guys, I'm curious about that other job you have. I'm sure it's very boring to you possibly at times, but to me, I'm fascinated suddenly by you're the guy that makes sure the roller coaster doesn't fall apart when people are riding it, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's me. I, I, I'm, I'm the guy that does my best to keep you safe. Do you have any interesting stories at all or has it been a pretty boring journey? I'm, I'm just curious. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say sort of interesting stories i get to travel a lot you see see a lot of different places and different designs you meet a lot of interesting people i never get to ride any of the rides which is a shame that's the one thing everybody always asks me first do you get to ride them but they're um, they're usually in pieces by the time i turn up 
Oh, you think you'd have to, you have got to test this out for safety purposes or something, right? Like you'd have to yeah, test no, your own work. <laughs> yeah, sadly, no. I I did actually um, earlier in the year. There was a, I was at a site and there was a new ride they were opening up. And the day I was there, they were running it with crash test dummies. So um, I did hop on that one for a little bit, but nice. most of the time, no. I'm a bit of a roller coaster geek. I'll get on anything, man. Anything. If it if it spins, I'm out. But roller coaster anything dude i will ride anything even even yeah. uh, as a kid and now so yeah oh, cool. I, I, Thanks. The same. I, I absolutely love them i'm yeah, quite a thrill seek when it comes to those um, there, yeah I, there's one in uh, my favorite not to get too far off topic we'll get back to amazon soon guys but we're <laughs> geeking on coasters for just a second i don't get to talk to coaster guys very often so there's one what's it called top top speed racers top drag racer something like that sandusky ohio it goes like straight up in the air, like 300 yards. It just gets you up to speed of like 90 mile an hour in a couple hundred yards. And then goes straight up in the air. I don't remember how high it is. Just straight, literally 90 degree turn. And the whole ride is over in like 18 seconds. But it is the most awesome experience. It's like you're blasting off. It's so great. It's the, the straight up, straight down. Yeah, just straight uh, up, yeah. straight down with a little twist. Yeah. Well, we do have one like that in uh, one of our bigger theme parks. It's a ride called Stealth. And it sounds almost exactly the same, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's about 20 seconds and it's zero to however fast. Crazy. So you're just, you you're pinned to your seat. Your seat. And then you're so high in the air, you're scared to death and then it's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's an incredible experience, right? Like that. That's probably one of my favorites as well. I quite yeah. like the hanging ones as well, where sort of your feet are dangling. Sure. Um, the tracks above you. I quite enjoy those. We've got, we've got one of those, uh, Kings Island here in the Midwest. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio has one or maybe two of those, but yeah, I, you're making me want to hit a theme park, man. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back on topic. I appreciate you entertaining me there for a minute with that. Yeah, no problem. So, okay. So in the summer, which is coming up now as we're recording this, you know, it, what's your plan? How's it going? Talk to us about your business a little bit. Okay. So, um, things are really moving forwards quite fast for me at the moment. I was, um, all of last year, 2021. And from the start, I was mainly doing online arbitrage. That was sort of, I didn't want to do the retail side of it. I liked the online idea. It gave me just the ability to especially work in the evenings or late weekends and things when the shops would be shut, I could still shop online. And then towards the end of last year, I started moving into wholesale. I was getting to the point where just ordering five of one item or 10 of an item, but doing it from 20 different stores, I was spending more time purchasing than anything else. So I've moved over to wholesale and I've seen some massive growth. I had my best month ever was last month in March. We did just under £18,000 in sales. And that was about a 12% net margin, which I have a prep center. So after prep fees and everything, I was relatively happy with that. It was about 40 hours of work, I think, I put in, which over in England probably equates to about the average wage for a month now. So you said 40 hours per week or for the month? No, for the month. 10 hours a week? Yes. Nice. Okay, when I hear 40, I'm thinking full-time gig, but you're just saying 10 hours a week. Yes. 18K in sales, 12%. That's yeah, that's not a bad gig. No, not at all. And you're not doing prepping yourself. Got the prep center. You found a good prep center locally? Yeah, I've got fantastic. They're actually at the other end of the country. Although when I say that to someone that lives in the US, that's not very far away in England. It's about a five hour drive. When you say the other (laughs) end of the country is. Um, that, but that's like um, a 36 hour drive for us here right yeah yeah it's a big difference i remember um i was on holiday in the dominican republic quite a while ago 
I met some guys from Kentucky and I was saying something similar conversation about uh, somewhere up the other side of the country, but we're, um, we're just going to drive there and probably come back the day afterwards. And he said, what? Like, <laughs> and we got into the same discussion. The, the other end of the country, when you're talking about England, is like, it's like a five, six hour drive. Right. So, um, yeah, not very far, but they're, they're up there. They're brilliant. They're really, really good. I've heard a lot of horror stories about prep centers, but these guys have been absolutely fantastic. That's great um, to hear. That's great to hear. We've got, and for those who don't know what a prep center is, we've got a list at prepcenternetwork.com. These are just operations that will take your inventory. If you buy it online, you can ship it straight to them. Or if they're local to you, you can drop it off. Some people create their own prep centers out of neighbors and single moms across the street. And like, hey, that's where all my stuff goes. They prep it for me. If you don't want to do that sort of thing yourself. But yeah, there's a big free list at prepcenternetwork.com. I don't know if your guys are on there yet or not. Have them look into it. If they aren't, they should add their name and I don't know if you want them to have any more clients or not, though, if they're taking such good care of you, right? <laughs> no, I was I was actually speaking to the owner the other day and I said it'd be on here and he said, yeah, please, please do. So, um, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll speak to them about getting added onto the list. Yeah, send them our way. We we add them on there. Uh, we just verify that they're a legitimate entity and then we add them onto the list. So it's, you know, the, the first prep center, to my knowledge, in the world came out of this community, came out of our first mastermind group, actually, several years ago. It was a concept that was kind of developed and shaped and... We launched it and it got so big so fast that we've now seen, I don't know, there's probably hundreds of them around the world now. Yeah, but, I think uh, there must be. There's um there's there's quite a few here. I know. I've um I've heard some horror stories sort of over the years or sure. just not it's, so good ones. It's a simple um, but concept, got, but not an easy business. Yes. And I got um I got really, really lucky with these guys. Um they're brilliant. I've, it's more often than not, my stock's out the same day it turns up. To be honest, which is yeah, I, I think it's amazing. It's far quicker than I would do it, and I don't have to deal with boxes everywhere as well. Yeah, which my, my girlfriend would be that happy with too. Right, right. You're not filling but, your um, house up with stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I uh, not got a bad word to say about them. It was the first sort of outsourcing I did over a BA or anything like that, and um, I think it was the right decision, especially for me. So, so um, what percent is shopping online then for you? Now it's, although it's still all online through the wholesalers, et cetera, but just general stores, probably 10 to 15%. And then the rest is wholesale. I moved over and I moved over quite quickly. Um, I think I probably got lucky with some of my wholesale suppliers. There was so much in the catalog that I just didn't have the money spare to go back to the online arbitrage. It's right. only sort of when so I have are a you still running those wholesalers through the keeper, uh, the replens process? Yes, yes. So it's exactly the same. I still reverse source the whole catalog, but instead of having to go through 10 websites, I've got a catalog of 5,000 products or whatever. And I just sit there myself manually and just reverse source everything, run it through Keeper, check the drops, check what, how I feel about the products, then just go from there, placing test orders. I've had to get used to placing test orders that are a little bit larger than what they were originally. I mean, one of the things that really helped me that you used to say a lot with the replens business was um, inch deep, mile wide. And I've, I've really made that one of my core philosophies, just to never get trapped with a product, just have 10 or 20 at most of in one product in inventory, replenish it as often as possible. And it really, really worked for me. Um, so making the switch and having to sort of not forget that, but make it a little less strict as I've moved into wholesale has been difficult. But it's, um, I haven't been caught touch wood with any two bad purchases yet there's a few moving slower than expected but i think that's to happen um i dive in quite quickly i make quick decisions and dive in and i like to test everything 
So there's somewhere sort of maybe keeper hasn't been tracking the rank, but I thought, oh, the reviews are moving up really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I can see the sellers jumping on and off. So I'll test it. And some of those have ended up as some of my best sellers, whereas others haven't. Right, right. So, so Keepa just gives you, uh, for those who are maybe not following the conversation, just to get you up to speed and some of the great points Joe's making right now, Keepa, you can go back and listen to podcast episode 369. I dive into why why Keepa, what's so great about it. I think podcast episode 391 as well is a great beginner episode, um, as is 431. It's kind of a similar model. And I'm, I've got these numbers memorized because I'm mentioning all the time as I'm interacting with some of our students, but if you go back and listen to, especially at episode 369, you'll understand what Keepa is. It's a very inexpensive tool and it can give you a lot of insight into, should I try to sell this product or not? And what I want, the reason I wanted to clarify that, Joe, is because sometimes when people hear wholesale, they think, well, I'm going to go find stuff that's not on Amazon yet and start selling it. That's not what you're doing. You're just finding, I'm, I've grown fond of calling them underserved ASINs. Asins that could use a little more love, another seller jumping in, making money on it, right? So you're not in inventing new products, adding them. Have you ever added any new products to the marketplace? Uh, I haven't, no, not a single one. I've, um, yeah. It's always it's, it's not necessary. Yeah, already listed. I do have a couple of manufacturers that I reached out to directly that weren't happy or I brought up the case that their listings were had obviously been made by a new seller a long time ago. The images weren't very good. The descriptions weren't great. And um, I've updated and sort of refreshed a few listings for manufacturers in part of the agreement as to buy wholesale from them. I'll also update this so we're representing your band, be brand better on Amazon. Um, but I've never actually made a new listing completely now. I don't think there's any need to. Well, there's a, there's a module inside the Proven Amazon course. You mentioned it. And uh, I know you know this, Joe, but again, for the listener's sake, keep, keeping them up to speed. If you buy the Proven Amazon course, there's dozens and dozens of modules, many of which you may never even get to. And that's fine. The course grows with you. But one of the modules I'm going to suggest to you, Joe, if you haven't been through it yet, based on what you just said, is the Proven Product Partner, the PPP. By any chance, have you taken a look at that yet? I haven't taken a look at it. I've heard you mention it a couple of times on the podcast and it's always been in the back of my mind. And I think it is, I do have a couple of manufacturers that over the last month or so have been growing in my head that I should, this would be something good and I think it would work with them. So it's, it's something that's definitely on my list to look at. So, And do you know why I suggested it? Maybe, you know, if, are you familiar enough with it to describe what it is? That, or uh, I can do that. Yeah, I get the So proven product, product partnering, oh, that's a mouthful, um, as is. opposed to sort of selling yourself on Amazon, is to run a company's Amazon account for them or a brand's Amazon account for them. So instead of you buying the products from them and then you're listing them yourself, you're selling them through FBA, you're just managing their account for them. So you'll tell them this is what you need to send into Amazon. You'll make sure the stock levels are up, the prices are correct, the listings are accurate, and do they need updating, et cetera. And then you just take a percentage of the sales that you get for them. Is exactly. Sort of the general idea I have about the Again, the simple, you, you nailed it perfectly. I couldn't have said it better myself. And, and you take a percentage of every check that Amazon sends them. And some of the things the course goes into is, well, what if they ever want to just take it over? How do, how's that work? And, you know, those kind of questions, uh, for example, it suggests, I think the suggestion we have in the course is you ask for whatever they paid you the last three months as a lump sum, they can buy you out anytime they want and just take over the account themselves if they want to do it themselves. And you, you build that into the initial agreement. 
and then just like you said, run their account for them. It's a great way to get exclusive access to great products. So on some of these wholesalers that you're finding and you start to get into where you're like one of their best, most reliable sellers, you could make the suggestion and think, okay, well, before other sellers come along and hop on this ASIN with me, how about we set up an exclusive agreement with this seller, this manufacturer, wholesaler, whoever, uh, and I'll run their account for them. We teach you how to make that proposal. Now you've kind of got them locked in. It's you and them against the world, right? Instead of you being one of many sellers potentially selling their products. So beautifully said, man. Yeah, good job. I I think you enjoy that content and any other proven Amazon course students listening as well. It's a great way as well, Joe, to diversify your income. Meaning, you know, if you've got 10, 12 Amazon accounts that are paying you, that's pretty diversified, right? Yeah. Hey, quick interruption. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I want to make sure you know about The Proven Conference coming up August 12th through 14th. 2022 in Louisville, Kentucky. Join hundreds of your fellow business building warriors, the same people who listen to this podcast, the successful students you've heard interviewed, the coaches on our team. There's over 60 of them. We're all going to go, hundreds of us, to Louisville, Kentucky, August 12th through 14th. We want you there. Come hang out, be a part of this incredible community. We've done this several times in the past. It gets better every single time. It's unlike any other conference you've ever been to because the stage and all the breakout sessions are comprised of the great leaders and students from our own community. We don't bring in outside experts that you could go watch on YouTube anytime you want. No, we are putting on stage the people that you'd love to meet face-to-face. It's an event unlike any you've ever attended. It will change your life. August 12th through 14th, 2022 in Louisville, Kentucky. See theprovenconference.com for details theprovenconference.com. There's a link in the show notes as well. Okay, let's get back to the program. Beautifully said, man. Yeah, good job. I I think you enjoy that content and any other proven Amazon course students listening as well. It's a great way as well, Joe, to diversify your income. Meaning, you know, if you got 10, 12 Amazon accounts that are paying you, that's pretty diversified, right? Yeah, very, very diversified. And you're then protected again from, as we know, sometimes it goes wrong on Amazon. You could get banned for a couple of months, et cetera. And yeah, it does protect against that. And that's something that has appealed to me. Like I say, it's it's been in the back of my mind for a while. And as I'm moving further into wholesale and working directly with more manufacturers, it's always been there. And I do have a couple that I think it would definitely be worth at least approaching them about the subject. Yeah. Well, maybe when we have you on again at some point in the future, you could give us an update and let us know how that turns out. I'm excited. Yeah, hopefully. Well, all right. Well, keep your story going. What have, what have we uh, left out so far? I mean, you've, you've uh, really so kind of got us up to speed. Your most recent uh, month was phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, so we were sort of talking about the goals for the summer. What I was um, Now my other job is winding down what my intended to achieve. Sure. Um, so I'm hoping to not quite double my sales, but hopefully move up to between the 25 and 30,000 a month region. I actually logged on to Seller Central last week and Amazon are offering me a fairly sizable growth loan, which I'm looking to take. I think the the interest rates, et cetera, are really good um, and the payback terms are good. So that's what I'm, I'm going to take that. And I think I can yeah, probably add another 10,000 a month to my sales using yeah. that. Take a look at Accrue Me as well as a funding yeah. option. They may okay. be able to beat whatever you're finding with Amazon. Uh, that's one of our preferred vendors. And yeah, they are a sponsor of the show, but it's actually you know some, one of my favorite sponsors you've ever worked with because there's no interest 
gather, collect, there's no payments. They give you a lump sum of money and say, as your business grows, we grow with you. Give it back when you want to, right? It's a pretty cool arrangement and they work with you. Yeah. Kind of, so now they see your numbers. They keep tabs of what their investment is worth. They, they actually in your account seeing the growth. Uh, but yeah, we've had people just love working with those guys. So Amazon, you got to make the payments no matter what. And, and interest is accruing kind of thing, right? With them. But these guys are, uh, it's, they're pretty easy to work with. So I'll stick a link in the show notes. You can check them out. I'll send you a link too, Joe. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, please. I'll, um, yeah, I'll be interested. I, um, I use Pioneer as well. I pick them up from the show. Yes. Um, Pioneer is I another great them. option as well. Yep. I use them more just to get my capital out quicker after the products yeah. have sold from Amazon as opposed to get paid the growth loan quite expensive. Yeah. So just getting paid faster for money that's actually mine already as opposed to taking a lump sum to grow with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely check out Accrue Me. Yeah, for um, sure. So that's the plan. The other plan for over the summer, and this is actually something I wanted to see your opinions on, Jim, is I'm going to hire a VA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very much at the moment torn between hiring a VA for sourcing or hiring a VA to work my admin. And I just sort of wanted to see or hear your opinions on which one would be better to go for first. Because I hear you say a lot that it's better to hire someone that makes you money yes. first. Yes. But then I very much enjoy and feel I'm much better at the sourcing side of things than I am the admin side of it. It's always the admin jobs that pile up for me. It's never sourcing. I've never never got a lack of products. I mean, yeah. the sourcing that you guys have taught means that, yeah, I'm never going to run out of products. But the admin always backs up for me. So you know, just interesting to hear your thoughts. Yeah, on which I appreciate the question. I love when guests ask me questions and this is one I'm going to have some fun with, okay? And it's also fun for me when I can kind of detect the instinct behind what answer you're hoping I give you. And I'm hoping to kind of shift you into the other camp with what I'm about to say as well. So get ready. This is going to be a little challenge for you, okay? I'm listening. So you know, part of the root of wisdom is numbers. You can't apply wisdom to a scenario till you know the numbers. That's one thing we're going to say. So yes, you're very wise to be talking about a virtual assistant. And we could probably make a decent case that it doesn't matter which way you go. It's probably going to be fine in the end. But your question to me was, because both of them make numerical sense. I mean, if you can pay somebody a few dollars per hour to take over jobs that you're doing, that makes sense. So let's set that aside. Hard to go wrong. But I'm going to try to sway you into thinking about getting someone to source products and this is where I go back to the wisdom of uh, a, f- a financial mentor for many people in the United States. I don't agree with everything this guy says, but he certainly hits the nail on the head on a lot of topics. His name's Dave Ramsey. He has a good book that I read a while back titled Entree Leadership. It's the word entrepreneurship and leadership squished together. And one of the lessons he teaches in that book is what I'm about to share with you. Interestingly enough, he actually endorsed one of my books about 10 years ago, which is pretty cool. He's like third most listened to radio show in the United States. Story for another time, but I've got a bit of a relationship. Although if I passed him on the street, he wouldn't recognize me at all. I'm not name dropping here. I'm a total stranger to the guy, but he did like one of my books. But the lesson in the book, Entree Leadership, is when you start hiring people, the first person you want to hire is somebody that, did, I think in his words, he puts it something like, you know, goes out from the cave, kills something and drags it back, like making money, adding money to the bottom line. Because the risk in not doing that is, you start processing the decision in the way that I heard you doing it a little bit, Joe, which is, well, I like doing this. I don't like doing that. I kind of like doing this part. I prefer to do that part. No, that's not how you, this has to be a numeric math decision. 
because the point of a business is to go from point A to point B as fast as possible up and to the right. You know, we want growth. So how do you do that? You find more income streams. You automate the streams of income. And then very quickly, what you're going to notice once you're adding more to your bottom line, because you've brought on a sourcing virtual assistant, which is a great first hire, a sourcing virtual assistant who goes out and finds replans. They comb through those wholesale lists while you sleep. You're paying them four bucks an hour in the Philippines and they're combing through those lists. You wake up to 25 ASINs that you could have found yourself, but instead you're managing and running your business instead of spending time looking through spreadsheets. Now, you can always go back and do the jobs you enjoy, but you're going to go from point A to point B far faster if you find more ways to... One of the analogies I like is filling the bathtub faster, right? Quite often, filling the bathtub faster with hoses is going to fill it, is, is going to make the water level rise faster than fixing tiny little holes in the bottom of the boat in conveniences. Yeah, I understand. Fill it faster is quite often the right answer. If you can find more streams that you don't have to run, you don't have to stand there and hold the hose. Someone else is doing it. Get that. And then go back and fill the little pinholes in the bottom of the boat. You know, someone needs to be keeping an eye on this. Someone needs to be doing this little, you know, administration task. You wear those hats because those hats don't put any more money in the top. Yeah. Putting more water up. Does that make sense, that analogy? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's like, yeah, because you, you play this, added. you play it forward over the course of a year, two years, three years. If you make decisions that way, you've got a much bigger bathtub with a lot more water in it by adding hoses. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I understand. Yeah, it's a really, really good analogy that makes a lot of sense. It was um, like you, you saw from when I asked the question. It wasn't the answer I was hoping you were going to give, but it, it was the answer I thought you were going to give. I mean, based yeah. off. Sort of well, I, you referenced there, some so. of the advice, and I've been giving it a long time. You know, because for years I've said. Do only the tasks that only you can do. And it's important that you say that phrase the right way or it's a completely different message. So as a, as a business owner, you do only the tasks that only you can do. And some people think, well, that means I've got to start hiring people right now to do everything. No, you've got to stay profitable while you do this. The only way to guarantee you're going to stay profitable as you add people is to make sure those first people you add putting more hoses in the tub. And then you can afford to go underneath and plug some of those holes, some of those you know administrative tasks, some of those things you don't like doing. But sometimes it does mean giving up. I mean, I've literally had to talk people out of putting down the box tape. I know people that spent 20 plus years in this industry and they insisted on taping every box themselves and their business suffered as a result, right? It's like, put down the box tape. Can anyone else tape your boxes for you? Yes, they can. At some point, you got to put it down. But that's not the first person you hire. The first person you hire adds more money. Think of it this way. I mean, if you had three virtual assistants doing what you do every day, how many more ASINs would you have three months from now? Hundreds. Yeah. You'd have a system, right? It's exploding. You'd be managing a system. And now it's an easy decision. Yeah. Hire another virtual assistant to keep an eye on the account health administration, that sort of thing. But you have a lot more money to play with to make those decisions far easier, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's my advice for sure. Because my goal as a coach or as a leader is to get you as far as I can, as fast as I can with as much stability in the process. So there you go. That's my long answer to a great question. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. That's, um, I think you've made my decision for me. It was, I, was, I was on the fence and I, it was more personal preference about the tasks I like to do and the tasks I don't. I, I think I did know which one was probably the better option. But um, to hear it explained like that has really helped. Thank you. 
Yeah, beautiful. Well, I appreciate it. And it's a chance for me to plug our uh, Proven Replans VA program as well for you, Joe, to consider. Yes. Or train them yourself. Absolutely. But we've also got a service where if you just want a trained virtual assistant who knows how to identify good ASINs from bad ASINs, how to find them, how to search for them, go through your wholesale lists or just go randomly through the websites you assign them or whatever resources. We have, like on our team, we take pictures of local store shelves and we send those to our virtual assistant and they go through and while we're all sleeping, we wake up and they've got a long list of new ASINs for us every day. Um, But we can train them for you. Proven Replans VA. I'll stick a link to that in the show notes too. Yes, please. Yes, please. I'll, um, I'll take a look. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, I have heard you mention it before, actually. That was, yeah, it was something I was going to ask, if not. Um, but yeah, definitely. That's, um, yeah, we've, we've had about 100 people now hire them, and we're hearing the results typically are 5 to 15 ASINs every day. You just wake up. and oh, wow. Uh, because they're in the Philippines, where $4 an hour spends about like you know, 5 to 8 times that, you know, 20 to $30 an hour, it's a great job. And they just hit it with dedication and determination every day. Wake up, there's your list. So yeah, it's it's a good way to scale. Yeah, yeah. I think mean, I think that's that's gonna be one of the goals for this over the next couple of months. And we'll be to sort of move the source and over to a VA. Yes. Um, and yeah. And, and still do some of it yourself as well, of course, if you enjoy it. But uh over time you'll set aside some of those things, I have a feeling. Well, so so what else is on your mind? You're talking about your summer plans. Sound like you've got some great goals, you're gonna be doing some hiring. Yeah, I think that that's it really. Just sort of moving along in the trajectory that I am. I need to make a hire and I think we've now decided which one that will be. But apart from that, just continue to sort of keep pushing on the wholesale side of things. This is I enjoy it a lot more than the online arbitrage side of things. But just this sort of combination of the wholesale, but it's replens as well because they're all replenishable. The proven product partnering, now that we've talked about that, I think that's something that will go nearer the top of the list than it was for a few manufacturers I work with. Um, and just to continue to sort of expand my knowledge and learn more and grow more and keep testing. I love testing in this Amazon business. And you've, you, I've heard you say before that um, one of the greatest things about an online business is that you can test so small and so cheaply. Mm-hmm. And I really like that side of it because there's so many ASINs, especially when you look at Keeper and it's a completely different graph to anything you've seen before. And you think, oh, well, I don't know if this is going to work or maybe it will. And just that ability to, every time you test one of those, you get another answer in your head, you get another little bit of experience. And that's something I would say to anybody listening or anyone that's new is don't be afraid to test those ones that you're not quite sure on. You um, yeah. Sometimes you look at a keeper graph and you see a winner straight away or you see a product and you go, oh, there was only one drop this month. It's not worth it. But it's those ones in the middle a lot of them will perform better than you think they will. And yeah, that, that's something I'd say to newer newer sellers is don't, don't be afraid to test anything you get your hands on if you're unsure about it. I mean, you only need to do it small, but it's really worth it. You gain a lot of experience and you will find a lot of good products. Very well said. Yeah, when in doubt, test. Because your worst case scenario, if we're looking at the math, the long term, and, and Jimmy Smith actually did some of this analyzing at one point, I really appreciated it. He went through and, you know, if you're looking at Keepa and you're making calculated risks within a reasonable degree of certainty of what's going to happen, and you buy two or three of an item that just doesn't sell, you drop the price down maybe to what you bought it for. So you're losing a little money in the end. Okay. That's going to happen on 10, 15% of your ASINs maybe that at the most, if you're any good at all at this and you get your money back. Maybe you lost a little bit, 
But on the other 70 to 85% or more of these ASINs, you're just doing tremendous 40%, 80%, yeah. 120% ROI. We found one we're going to test yesterday, Joe. We found an ASIN yesterday. Uh, my aunt run it, ran it past me because she doesn't like to spend a lot of money on a new ASIN unless she runs it past me. I think it was 60 or $70, our cost. And it's selling for like 350 on Amazon. It was 27 drops a month and only one other seller. And that wow. one other seller isn't the brand owner. And she's like, do we want to take a shot at this? I'm like, oh yeah, go grab two or three. Yeah, of <laughs> Let's try it out because this thing looks like it's going to smoke. So, you know, those deals are out there. Those opportunities are out there. You just got to have, and it's one that our, um, I'm fairly certain our virtual assistant found that one for us. It's one we just wake up to, you know, and they're, they're digging around and lists that we have and the stores that we shop, they're out there. Yeah, yeah, they are. And like, like you say, more, more often than not, it's going to perform as well, if not better than you expected. Um, right. More often than not. I think Keeper and the sort of the information and the details you can get from Keeper about an ASIN, what's the word? So the underpresented is probably a good way of saying it. There's, it gives you the information, but you can usually, I mean, drops is an example. You can usually almost at least double the drops for the actual amount of sales. And a lot of the time it's far higher, but just the information in general, if you see a product that's only had four or five reviews in the last month or two, but then you hear from people that oh, actually it's on average about a hundred sales a review, et cetera. It's, the data looks like small numbers sometimes on Keeper, but then when you sort of really think it through, it can suddenly become a really, really good ASIN. And a lot of the time it is, it will perform better than you expect it to. Yeah, and I, would, I, and I love probably, that you brought that up because we'll, we'll test on ASINs where Keeper isn't tracking the, the product rank very well. There's, it's real spotty. You can't tell what's going on. But like you said, the reviews are popping in one or two a week. And like you just said as well, to repeat, the math I use is each review that a product gets represents 50 to 100 sales because that's just yeah. kind of the general industry statistics. So, wow, okay, this thing's moving. That's a significant number of reviews per week. So keep it tells you that at a glance and you can see it. And so, yeah, that's worth taking a risk on. Even if you don't know what the product rank is or how it's moving, how often it drops, uh, and for those who are a little confused by all the time we're spending on Keepa, let me remind you again, please go back and listen to podcast episode 369. Also, I should mention there's a video. I'll stick a link to this in the show notes too. It's me spending time on Amazon, showing how Keepa works, finding replants, basically jumping off the page at you, just sitting on amazon.com. Kind of like the, uh, what'd you say was that product? Was it sauerkraut? What'd you say you found? Uh, the horseradish. Horseradish. That's right. Horseradish. Yes. It's, I'm kind of doing the same thing, just bouncing around. It's not all about grocery. Obviously there's no. you know, that, that expensive item I mentioned earlier. It's, it's an item that goes in your garage. You know, it's, the product is irrelevant. It's, is it profitable? What I show you how to cruise around on Amazon and that video is located at the top of our free Facebook group. It's a free video. I just kind of cruise through how to use Keepa, what to look for to show you how simple these concepts are. It takes you a few hours to dig in and be proficient at it, but uh, we'd love to show you how that works. I'll, so look for that link in the show notes as well. But uh, well, you got anything else on your mind, Joe, as we start to wrap this one up, buddy? Is there a list, any tips or strategies, anything for the listeners um, you wanted to share? Yeah, I had a couple of tips, sort of, um, a few of them are to reiterate things that you've said on the podcast before, but I found as coming up as a newer seller that were the most helpful to me. 
the first one was what you constantly say is you're finding ASINs, you're not finding products. Mm, yes, um, talk about that. And just, it's just one of the best bits of advice I think you've given on the podcast ever. And I think that's the reason you say it so often and repeatedly. But the amount of products I've found where you you find a product in a store and you just search that product on Amazon and the first five or six listings are the same product and they're all selling for the same price that I could buy it for for somewhere else. And Amazon's on two of them and the rest of them are just not worth it or one's not selling at all. But then you go down and like you say, there's a, a two-pack or there's just the same product by itself, but there's a fourth listing for it and the price is triple. And then you look at that one and it's, it's selling just as fast as the other ones are. Nobody knows why, but it is. And it's it's just so constant. And when you change your mindset to that, and that I'm not just assuming that this product I found has one ASIN on Amazon when it could have 100, your job is to find the 20 out of those 100 that are going to make you money. The other 80 might not be worth it, but that's fine. Leave them alone. You're just looking for those 10 or 20 or five ASINs for that product. And yeah, that's something that it took me longer than I wish it had looking back now to really understand. But when you do get that, you're sourcing just the amount of products or the amount of ASINs you find just an hour or in a session increases incredibly. Exactly. Would you say that's one of the, if not the top light bulb moment, if you know what I mean, of, of yes. this, of your Amazon selling journey? Yes. I would tend to uh, agree. Yeah, I would say 100%. That is the, the number one moment where things really changed. Before that, I was I was doing okay, but I was sitting down for a four-hour sourcing session or something, and I might only come away with five ASINs sometimes. Sometimes I'd have a good session and get 10 or 20. Um, once that changed, I could log on to any website or any store now, and I'll find at least a couple, um, right. and it won't take very long at all. Right. It's, it, it's yeah. almost like there's a line you cross where it goes from being crazy to making sense yes. what I say next, okay? So most people who are new to our community, they think I'm crazy or I'm exaggerating when I say you could drop me in any store in the world if they've got shelves and barcodes, products, within arm's reach of where I'm standing, I'll find multiple replens. Yeah. Like, no, you that's not, no, you're just making it. And then I talk, get a guy like you on the podcast, who the light bulb is now on, like, yeah, give me enough time. I might have to look. It might take me five hours. Like, how could you look for five hours at 40 products? Like, oh, I could probably look for three weeks at those 40 products if I'm being thorough, <laughs> you know? Quite, quite easily. There's tons of replens in there. They're just everywhere. And even yeah, on the popular are. products. And I love what you just said too. Maybe 80, 90, 95% of the places where you find this particular canned good product are useless ASINs. But 5% of them are winning ASINs. So when you start looking for ASINs instead of looking for winning products, that's when the game is on. And it sounds like you've, you've turned that corner for sure. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was, that was, like I said, that was the game-changing moment. That's saying for, for anybody in their sort of first few months or even their first year of selling, that was, that was the one thing that I wish I'd grasped as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, it's an absolute gem of advice that is. It really is. Beautiful. Yeah, well, well, thanks for mentioning it. And I think sometimes even people who've been doing e-commerce for years are at a disadvantage because it's been so ingrained into us. It took me a while to get it, probably far longer than it took you to, to understand the concept of looking for ASINs instead of products. And the reason is we've been looking for products for 
15 years. That was the game. Looking for profitable products was the game. So we filter everything through that. Like, well, how does this system help me find profitable products is our first question. Like, nah, that's the wrong question. It's where are the underserved ASINs on Amazon? That's the question. We can find the products anywhere. Where are the underserved ASINs? Let's find those and then match those up with the products they need. So yeah, well done, man. Anything else on your list? This has been a great episode. Yeah, it has. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, there's just one sort of just one quick one to leave people with as well. If if there's anybody like me, tends to get frustrated when you're having a great month and all of a sudden you you look at your sales at the end of the day and you've done 10% of what you were doing for the week before. And it tends to, you, you get in a bad mood sometimes. You get annoyed, you get upset. Oh, why aren't my products selling today? I can't really tell you, it's just if in doubt, zoom out and just when you're when you're looking, don't look at the week or don't look at the day, zoom, zoom back and zoom back again and look at the last year or however long you've been selling. And is that graph on a steady upwards trend? And just to remember that there will always be, you'll have a bad day. Sometimes you'll have a bad week, but as long as you're on that right path, you just need to stick through it and don't let it affect you too much. And that's something that I'm, I'm still trying to learn occasionally, but it's, um, I think it's well worth trying to do. That is tremendous advice. When in doubt, zoom out. Beautifully said. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. I might have to steal that one from you. That's really good. No problem. Yeah, because it goes along with a principle that I teach. And you may have heard me say it before, Joe, but for the listener's sake too, just to kind of re- reinforce what you just said, we place way too much emphasis on a single day as entrepreneurs. We wake up in the morning, we get our checklist and we think I'm going to do these 20 things today. And at the end of the day, we see only four of them were done. We overestimate what we can do in a day consistently, but we underestimate the dramatic effect, the compound effect, which is a great book, by the way, compound effect of little tiny incremental moves in the right direction. And then you look back over your shoulder a month, six months, a year down the road, you're in an amazing place. So yeah, try to take bigger picture snapshots, zoom out a little bit. What happened in the last few minutes or in the last hour or in the last week, even very minor in comparison to what's your trajectory. I love the word trajectory even more than goal. I'm not a big goal guy. I'm more of a trajectory guy, but that's a topic for another day. But uh, yeah, well done, man. Great advice. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, let me just talk to the listeners for a moment as we start to wrap this one up. Uh, I think this was a tremendous episode. I'm learning something every single time and challenge every time. And that's why I love doing these. And I certainly appreciate one thing I want to point out here as we wrap this show up, just how international this show is becoming. Countries that I couldn't necessarily even find real quick on the map if I had to start to pop up top 10, top 20 ranked entrepreneur show in those, in those countries. That's pretty cool. So thanks for spreading the word. We have a $0 marketing budget. If you tell friends to go to silentgym.com, that's our marketing. So we really appreciate when you do that. And uh, let me just say thank you one more time to our guest, Joe. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me. You did a tremendous job. And all the links we talked about in the show notes, all the great resources that Joe mentioned, that all is going to be right near this video or audio if you're listening today. So we'd love to have you come join our free Facebook community. We're coming up on 70,000 people. But I always like to say, as we wrap these episodes up, God bless all the business building warriors out there. We are in your corner. We want you to succeed for the reasons that Joe and I discussed today. We want your success. Come join us. Come be a part of what we're building here. And we'll have another great episode for you again real soon. Talk to you then. Hey, thanks for listening today. One last thing before we wrap up, a quick reminder. Now that this episode is over, get over to theprovenconference.com and get your tickets 
for the event coming up August 12th through 14th, 2022. Your fellow listeners to this show are going to be there. Successful students that you've heard interviewed on this podcast, they're going to be there. Over 60 coaches from our team, they're going to be there. This is an incredible event. You cannot afford to miss it. It's an incredible investment in the future success of not just your business, but those vital relationships that you need. We talk about all the time. This will propel your life and your business forward. You're going to benefit tremendously from this. Do not miss this opportunity. We've done it multiple times in the past. Over 98% of all attendees say, yes, I'm coming back. The event gets bigger and better every single time. Theprovenconference.com. There's a link in the show notes. We want you to be there. Do not miss this. We'll see you there. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.